Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 135 of the Pico Serenity Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And today, as Shadowlands uh, comes to a close, we are going to be looking back at the uh, 9.0, 9.0.5 kind of patch cycle for the game. And uh, just give it a little bit of uh, hindsight. You know, what 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 can we see now that we can see then? Um, How bad was it really back then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, we actually have a little bit of news. Uh, and before we get to that, Anam, how was your raid this week? Uh, it was... We so good news and probably the only good news. We now have another full guild bank of golds uh, from nice. some sales, which is good. Um, the raid itself, though, not not so good. Um, we one shot one boss. So so context, we cleared just a mount run. So it's Sylvanas and Jailer for us. So just right. killing the boss we need for mounts. Um, we one shot um, two bosses the entire night. Uh, one of those was Teragu, okay. and the other one right. was Vigilant Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> so we were we were on a journey um in terms of our raid like anduin had a couple of wipes um funnily enough our our first wipe of the night was to the fact that um we forgot we didn't have one of our typical players in that that um cc'd one of the mobs so we found that out as we're getting to that phase um and then realized that the priest that we wanted to shackle didn't tell him to shackle and then Everyone else who could have CC didn't have a CC, <laughs> and so a fear got off, and yep. it just it went it went yep. terribly downhill from there. Yep. Um, that wasn't too bad, but no, the worst was I think for us was Jailer. I think we spent, gosh, probably an hour plus on Jailer uh, through like probably twelve. What I say, eleven wipes total. Yeah. Um, so Jailer was a uh, an issue. A lot of like just random P one wipes to like people not remembering how to do holes or anything like that or bombs and um a couple p3 and p4 wipes which are rough because those are like probably like five six minutes of the fight so um yeah but no jailer was really bad um sucked but luckily and i was this was i was nervous because we did jailer first then we're going to sylvanas so i was like well we're doing sylvanas seconds which means we're screwed like we're not killing this <laughs> boss tonight like we're already down we already had a bad set of wipes and it's not we're wiping like stupid things i mean like yeah, people messing up, just like people doing stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, so then we we did end up like I think f- like having five wipes of six shotting Sylvanas, which wasn't terrible. Um, I finally did, by the way, the other side of Sylvanas. So like when your group splits, like for the we call it skeleton Ooh. crew, but it's like the yeah. second split. I finally went to the left uh, and didn't go straight with like the majority of people. And uh, skeleton crew super easy. Like I don't know what people complain about. It's like a joke. <laughs> I've never done it before. It's like the easiest part of the fight, um, but um, but no, it was not a bad raid night. Other than we didn't get done, it took us the full four hours to do all that, so we didn't get done early. And uh, yeah, jailer wipes are just frustrating. Yeah. We'll say. So. Yeah, out of curiosity, you mentioned sales. Are you selling the jailer mount as well, or just the Sylvanas mount? Uh, we sold one. Two, actually, yeah, we sold one jailer mount this week, and we sold two. Uh, or two Sylvanas mounts. So yeah. Yeah, I think next week we'll, if we can get some more sales and we'll sell two mounts with each boss. So, um, yeah, we finally, I think we finally finished off everybody um, this week or last week. So, yeah. 
Cool. Now it's just we have we have a hand like we have a couple of mid tier sanctum bosses to do for some folks' achievements, and then I think we're we're good. We need to do Fate Scribe. That is the one <laughs> boss that we have to do. We have like eight people that need it. Every other boss, we're good. Just nice. that one. Nice, um, nice, nice, nice. I mean, I technically there's ones that need jailer. Uh, but we are going to kill Jailers. So what we did this week is actually we went into Castle Nathria first because we had a bunch of people that still needed Denathria skills. We got yep. them their Denathria skills, uh, full cleared the instance. So all of Castle Nathria is now done. Um, then we went to go do our Jailer run. And uh, we actually we got through 14 bosses on uh, Oh, wow. On Friday. You're you crushing. Which was kind of crazy. Uh, and I mean, it turns out that when you do 14 bosses in four hours, you kind of run out of time. Um, so we only had time for a couple of pulls on jailer. Didn't quite get it. We're going back into night for that and for fate scribe. And then, I mean, you know, fate scribe is a complete wild card, but hopefully it's a short night. Yeah, I think, I mean, hopefully for you guys, it's not too bad. I think for us, fate scribe is always the intermissions. Or sorry, yeah. not the intermissions, but it's always for us. It's always the push into intermission. Actually, our yeah. intermissions yeah. are typically pretty good, but it's that whole like, get kill the tank ad, get a little ads down, then push the boss, but do it in a way that doesn't kill the raid. Because like, if you get many yeah. like the whatever the twist of fate dax or whatever, that yeah. that ability just sucks. So we um, did it last time. We did it. We did it with moats, and we just had forty stacks of moats every main phase. Gotcha. And we just pushed like. I don't even think we got a tank added one of them. Oh, wow. That's like, awesome. It was ridiculous. But there's no moats this time. Um, yeah. And uh, moats is, of course, the most significant damage buff from the affixes. So losing that is going to hurt. Uh, but yeah, yeah. we That's might drop mechanics now. We might drop a healer. Our healers uh, have been a little bit mad because we keep running too many healers for fights. Gotcha. Uh, and so we've been we've we've played fewer healers this this week overall, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that trend might continue. Nice. They're talking nice. about trying to one heal some things. Interesting. Yeah, we we funnily enough we tend to over not over, like we tend to probably overheal most things. So we we basically we stick to four. Yeah. Um, for yeah. most stuff, and and to be completely honest with you, I think it's a combination of our healers don't in general swap specs very well like i'm a terrible dps player so like if you yeah. want me to sit you have to get you have to make sure we have an extra dps like we have probably yeah graku one of the other one of our other really long-standing here healers generally is only going to play healing it only plays priest mostly um so yeah for us to do that like we can't swap up like we need more players basically um yeah. versus just like having our healers swap so generally we yeah. stick to four three four also, to be completely honest with you, I'm super lazy. So, like, yeah. if I'm doing cooldowns, like, I don't want to have to figure out, like, our healers, cooldown rotations. Our healers haven't used CD rotations for all of Season 4, basically. Really? So, yeah. I do it I do it light in terms of, like, I'm like, okay, for this ability, like, typically I do, like, Group 1, Group 2. So, like, for example, Lords of Dread, it's, like, these two healers use everything on First Swarm, these two healers use everything on Second yeah. Swarm. And, like, that's the extent of us doing it, but... Yeah, like they they do so. There's some chatter in the healer channel in game. They've got their own like little community thing, yeah, um, yeah. and there's some chatter in there. But like for the most part, um, I don't know. They just push healing CDs and it just works. Like the the <laughs> only time that we've had it not work uh, 
is yeah. uh, we had somebody just like YOLO call, not a healer, so one of the other officers, YOLO called for us to do four purgings on Guardian last week. Oh, nice. Um, and we just lost like half the raid uh, <laughs> because uh, our Holy Paladin had pushed AM earlier, not expecting that we were going to go to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they pushed it when it would overlap with second and third. That's funny. That's uh, funny. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, we had we've had a really killer week. This is this is good. Um, I kind of want to try and set us up for some last minute mount sales because I feel like that would be a good way to wrap up the expansion, get people some extra gold going into Dragonflight, especially because the cost of the crafted stuff is such a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. We'll I need see. To, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I'm going to. I'm sorry. I might catch up with you later on what you're selling each of the mounts for. And yeah. Use that yeah, as well, a I'll, let, I'll let you in. I, I'll have yeah. to ask. But yeah, I'll ask. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. I just show up and. <laughs> yeah. You just show up and collect your paycheck. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the what the going rate is, but I, I can definitely ask. So. Um, yeah. Well, cool. So cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's I guess we'll we'll sort of review some of the things that happened this week and then we'll get into like our retrospective. We'll try and speed run these things because there's really not. A, well, there is a fair amount, actually, but I don't think any of it's too important. So, yeah. Um, so first up is it is World of Warcraft anniversary time. Um, so the anniversary events going on, um, you can get your fireworks, you get your little bonus XP that actually ends this Tuesday. I think the bonus XP for the event. Really? Maybe. Or I lied. I'm sorry. It ends the 27th of November. Yeah, so right say, before. I thought it, I thought it ended like the right before the expansion release. No, it's the Winds of Wisdom ends. The 50% XP bonus ends oh. uh, right before Evokers come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's anniversary event. You can go and kill a bunch of world bosses for some like, it's like 222, I think, ish loot around there. Yeah. The Doom Marker's up, Kazakh's up, the uh, blue dragons up as Zergos, and then the four green dragons, of course, are randomly spawning around the world. Um, go and kill them. Uh, it's fun. I, I green dragons they need to bring back a world boss that you have to fight other people for. Um, you could have that if you went into war mode. That's true. Well, no, because on my, I guess with cross server stuff now, maybe you see some opposite faction people, but um, I definitely on my mage had a great time. Not being in war mode, being able to actually tag the world boss because every single time it was horde. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, there's a, there's a solution here. One, play alliance. Two, play war mode. Um, and then you get to fight people for your world boss tag. That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe I'll try that out. Probably not though. I I don't think I. So funny enough, I normally have war mode on when I'm like leveling or doing like the initial stuff, just for like the rep and additional. Or not the rep, but like the XP bonus, and then also like there's some sort of bonus for doing world quests as war mode on. I forget what it is. Yeah. Um, but not anymore. I think I'm over that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm done there. Yeah. Um, but cool. So that's 18th anniversary. It's 18 years. It's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, how long this game has been out? Um, literally. God, I shouldn't say it. Anyway, let's move on because it just I'm old and it's gonna make me feel older. Yeah. yeah. Um 
Next up is uh, they dropped chapter three of Legacies, which of course is the Dragonflight pre or pre like video things. Um, we've talked about this every week. Just go and watch it. It's really really good. Episode three talks a little bit more about um, like the Drakthir and and how they came sort of how they came to be, how Natharian sort of interacts with them, why he left them basically to sort mm. of be dormant um, and all that fun stuff. So. A little bit of like not spoilers, but uh, they've they've asked some questions, like you know, because of course you know Natharian, which I don't think is a crazy thing, uh, leaves them dormant or leaves them sort of behind as he goes on to start and conquer the world. Um, and it leaves some questions about why he did it. Um, was he afraid of them? Did he know something in the future where he was going to go crazy and they needed he needed them to stop him or stop something else that's coming? Um, so some interesting lore stuff there. I won't get too much into it. Just. You know, watch the watch the cinematic. It's so cool. They need to make these movies. They better so, not. <clears throat> they better not puppet master Miltharian. Yeah, I hope not. Um, but uh, we'll see what they. I guess that's the other thing is too. We we might get another jailer situation where Miltharian knew all along yeah. he was the big bad guy behind. It. <laughs> yeah, um, but or, no, it seems- or worse that he was like doing the un- unspeakable to like prevent the greater evil kind of thing. Yeah, which I yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah hopefully it's not that hopefully it's not that um so the other thing coming up um next up is the if you care there are twitch drops coming so if you guys aren't familiar with what trip twitch drops are this is, this is a great topic um basically what it is you connect your twitch account to your blizzard account and if you watch a specific streamer that has drops enabled for a certain amount of time you get an item uh in game which is really fun um, let's say you watch for four hours, um, between November 15th and 18th. So at pre-patch, you get a nice little dragon kite. That's fun. Um, if you watch for four hours between the 28th of November and December 1st, you get a mount called the Feldrake, which if people aren't aware, what, this was a, this was a, um, this is old news now, but this is it's a, a TCG, it's a TCG mount. mount, right? I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, people are a little upset that you can get it because uh, it's very rare nowadays. Um, people have been posting a screenshot of somebody that bought one off eBay a week before the drop announcement for over $2,000. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, no offense. Like, okay, so I shouldn't say that. That's actually really rude of me because I would say... Okay, so here's here's my here's my point about something like that. Is like, yes, it's super rare. You probably really want it. It's fine. You would have probably spent the money anyway to get it. So like, it sucks that like two weeks later it came out like this. But it's also Blizzard, and you know that they sort of like to bring back things that previous yeah. have been released as like updated thing. Like they did it with like the crowns you could get, like the different colored crown, like a tra- right. helm transmogs and things like this that. Is, so. This is the first time that they've done a TCG mount that you can just everybody can get everybody can get this now this is not like um the uh black market auction house you know Mm -hmm. it's on there but you have to happen to be there when it's up you have to be able to bid gold cap probably for it yeah um and that's a fairly high bar compared to watch four hours of warcraft streams after uh dragonflight releases right yeah like it's a a little bit of a different a little bit of a different deal um however i will say good fuck the secondary market (laughs) as somebody that played too much magic the gathering fuck the secondary market yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't actually say anything about cosmetics or items like that, paying for that in game, since if you looked at the amount of money I spent on Rocket League, you'd be appalled because yeah. that is in the hundreds of dollars on cosmetics have, for a car game. So yeah, yeah. Um, I shouldn't I shouldn't talk too much. Um, cool, but yeah. So Feldrake's come out a bunch of Twitch drops for for launch. Check it out um, if you want to get the cool mounts and pets. I think there's like a firework thing too for one of the rewards. So. Um, so next up is an interesting one. And this one, I, I forgot I put this in here, but I'm actually excited is they added a new macro conditional to the game coming Tuesday, coming Tuesday, coming Tuesday. Sorry. It's yeah, coming Tuesday. And it's called, it's basically called known. And what it lets you do is it lets you essentially put a conditional on. If you know the talent, basically it's for talents. If you know the talent, then an action will occur. So it's really good for things where like, if you have, if you want one button and you have a choice node and you want to be able to cast one or the other. You right. can use this conditional, say, if you know the one choice, cast it. If you know the other choice, or if you know the other choice, cast that. Right. Or um, if you know that you're never going to be running two talents at the same time, then... Exactly. You know, you can... Like, I'm realistically not running at right now, currently, White Tiger Statue and Exploding Keg at the same time, because it's just, like, too many on GCD cooldowns to push at the start of a pull. It's just mm-hmm. too many. So I, I can make a macro conditional that will cast whichever one of the two I know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then similarly, you could do it with like Restoral and Revival for Monks, where like you have your same just sort of button, just flips between yeah. the two um, for Misweaver. So um, so yeah, really cool addition. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do the old. If you if you know the old talent system had their own sort of conditional two, where the button yeah. would swap depending on which talent you took. This is yeah. just the updated version of that, which is really cool. So yeah, called Known. Um, and you can use the spell name or the spell ID to, to trigger it. So, yep. Um, the other thing coming on Tuesday uh, is phase two of the pre patch, um, which actually contains the content we care about. <laughs> so, like phase one was talents, which I guess maybe the most important. So, maybe we cared about that one more. In any event, uh, phase two is evokers are here. Um, so, you can make your evoker level all two levels of your evoker and start grinding covenants or doing whatever you want. I mean, basically, it's probably gearing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that is there. Two sets of world bosses to do it with, too. Both the anniversary world bosses, oh, yeah. which uh, dropped the 272 loot, and then the world bosses for the pre patch event, um, which are not so much world bosses, I guess, but there's like the there's the storms, the primal storms. Mm-hmm. You go and you do the primal storm, you get the boss at the end, the boss drops loot, and it is a way to help catch up the gear on your evoker so that you're not going into. Dragonflight on your evoker with eye level like 200 gear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm wondering what day we're rating that week. Or I guess this week. I guess we are rating Tuesday this week. Huh. wonder if anybody who's actually maining invoker. Yeah. I guess cross our fingers is going to be uh, it's going to be in our raid that night. God, I hope not. I don't want to carry <laughs> someone. Um, but yeah. yeah. And then also... Like you mentioned, the, I think the pre-patch event will be live. Or the event actually will be live, so you get to go kill a bunch of elementals around the world, which is... I did it on beta. Eh, it's it's un... Not that it's unfun. It's just another pre-patch event where you farm yeah. out some trans It's formulaic yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. They need to they need to spice... They need another, like, plague event. Uh, like the like the Wrath one. Only, like, yeah. I think a little bit more hardcore, so... Um, and the other thing too is uh, the the updated dungeon Aldemon is out too, so there'll be like a quest that sends you into Aldemon. Um, it's a, a couple of new events in there. Again, 
fairly easy. Like it's not difficult. It's just sort of more story stuff. Um, yeah. More like fun yep. content. So um, um, there's also uh, an heirloom trinket that you can get if you do all four of the primal storms. It's not guaranteed drops. You collect one item from each of the four primal storms, mm -hmm. and then you combine them to make a trinket that's heirloom that you can use on all your characters. If you feel like doing them all, I'm probably not getting it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that I'm, right now. I might just because I think I'm going to do a bunch of them on my druid because I'll need, like, I need to get some gear on my druid anyway. So I'll be sort of mm. doing it that way. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's going to be my main alt. If I play an alt, this expansion will probably be the druid to start with. So um, do it that way. So, um, but yeah, second phase of the pre patch is coming up, um, which is, uh, which is fun. Um, actually, some things to do in the world. So for a little bit. Uh, and then it's just two weeks until launch. So we got, you know, yeah. this week, next week is U.S. Thanksgiving, which is fun. Uh, and the week after, pre or Dragonflight launch. So 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, yep. which is going to be so I still can't get it. Like, I know this is what this is. This the third expansion they did global release or second? This is the second. second. Okay. Shadowlands was the first, I believe. Yeah, that'll be that'll be weird. Um but cool. Um, all right. So before we get into our retrospective, I don't want to give us plenty of time to talk about all that stuff. Um, a couple of tuning things. So they again, we're now in tuning phase of beta. I'm not. We're not going to go through all of them, but there was a bunch of tuning fixes to a bunch of Dragon or Mythic Plus dungeons. So yeah. just read through them. I think they're just getting them right. They're still things still hit incredibly hard. Um, some bosses are incredibly difficult. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think we'll we'll continue to see them die out like you know, turn those dials in the next two weeks to get them right. So we're not going to, I mean, maybe there, right at the end, we'll talk about relative difficulty, but yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like magic damage nerfs across all the dungeons. Some of the stuff mm -hmm. that's like stuff you heal through. Some of it is magic damage on tanks that, you know, went up by 40%. Uh, so it's, there's a couple of physical ones in there too, but it's mostly magic damage. Yeah. Um, so there's that, but I then they did do a ton of, they also are doing a lot of different class changes. Um, and the big one this week, not monk specific, but I want to touch on it. Uh, <laughs> Guardian Druids got a nice little aura oh, buff boy. plus 50% damage modifiers to their aura. So basically almost all of the damage that isn't they it, do. Isn't it also a healing buff? Didn't they also yeah, get heal yeah. Yeah. If any of the, if, well, it's damage and heal. I don't know if any of the build, I didn't look at all the affected spells. Most of them uh, look like mostly yeah. their damage abilities, but it was damage and healing. So it's just the, the flat yeah. aura buff, which is, I think that's the largest aura buff we've ever seen in WoW dropped in like a single time for a class. Right. Like there's uh, definitely classes that have reached this point um, over multiple patches, multiple buffs. Like they get, you know, the Windwalker case, 8%. 8%, 8%, yeah. 8%, 8%, just on loop. Um, this is the first time 50% in one go. Um, it's kind of the nuclear option. They were very much underperforming on beta, um, so they needed some help. 50% aura buff is not exactly something that I had on my bingo card, but, you know, uh, good for them. That is that is absolutely crazy, to be completely honest with you. Like, like to, to give some context for people that maybe haven't, like paid super close attention to druids uh they got a 50 percent damage buff and are still not the number one damage yeah <laughs> yeah no it's uh whew, whew. 
it's uh yeah druids druids at least at least guardian druids and look i'll i'll speak on behalf of some of my feral brothers feral druids probably need some help too uh but nerf nerf resto because resto can't be good oh yeah resto Um, meaning (laughs) resto meaning mobile disc priest yeah (laughs) yeah um there's a there's also a round of changes to blood decay not as crazy i'm mentioning it for completeness they got damage buffs and healing nerfs neither of them are particularly large um but it is noteworthy that they are buffing their damage because their damage sucked and nerfing their healing not because it was necessarily too good but you know actually i'm a little bit surprised that they are but yeah no yeah it's definitely um it's it's interesting um that that they tuned it that way uh, which i find hilarious um but also um so so moving away from druids and more into sort of the monk area um it was i don't think it was this week but last week windwalker had gone through their tuning pass which essentially reduced uh, a fair amount of their information or sorry information a fair amount of their damage um babs did put out a little bit of a, a post on wowhead just sort of talking about that um and basically like his point of view is like they were already you were already windwalker were already one of the number one damage dealers and this just sort of brings them back in line with the pack so it's not yeah sky falling end of the world it doesn't make them you know unplayable anymore anymore it's just a sort of a bring them back down into the pack type set of changes so from windwalker perspective the sky is not falling you still are good so please yeah stop crying um <laughs> then, <laughs> then uh then in terms of uh winter sorry miss weaver miss weaver actually got a ton of uh changes this week um many of them looked like nerfs but there's a little bit behind the scenes so i'll talk about the good stuff and then we'll talk about some of the changes that were made so good things are they did revert or add something to our passive um that made uh teach to the monastery back to 15 percent on a reset chance um so they added that to our aura um, that was, of course, a change a couple weeks ago. They they ner- they sort of nerfed the reset chance from teachings, mainly probably because of Windwalker, uh, yeah. or actually only because of Windwalker because Brewmaster doesn't have it. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So added in an aura buff. We're back to fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. Um. Each blackout kick uh, has a chance to reset. Rising sun kick. So good. Good change. Um. Blizzard also finally implemented. Um. What is it? Save them all. I believe is Heal- the name of the healing ability. Healing spheres. Is that? Is no. that maybe like healing spheres? They finally implemented healing no. spheres. No. 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 Uh. But save them all is now implemented. Um. That's one of our capstone abilities. Actually, in the class tree. Um. It gives a healing buff if you heal anyone under thirty-five percent health. Um. There's no ICD, I believe, and it works off any healing. So even hot ticks will trigger this. Um. So it's a nice nice buff you would say um to our healing however in tandem with that um we did get a boatload of just healing nerfs across the board um and in net net basically with save them all now implemented and these healing nerfs our healing essentially stays relatively the same it's not a if, large nerf as you say if you take save them all exactly if you take save them all which i think the expectation is you will in any sort of actual progression um, it's just a nice boost. Like the raid will generally be dipping low anyway. And since it works off any healing, you have renewing mist flying across the raid. So it's like right. it will always be procking if someone is low, generally speaking. Right. Um, but right. yeah. So tons of tons of sort of nerfs there, we'll say. And then also um they did nerf blackout kick, gave it a minus 20% damage aura. 
Um, probably because Black Oak Kick on any sort of ad fight, uh, if you t- it's just absolutely ridiculous, like the cleave from it. Yeah. Um, if you if you take Feline Star, what is it? The Feline Stomp talents. It's a little OP. Um, with that though, they did buff Rising Sun Kick and Tiger Palm from a damage perspective. So so pushing some of your damage into things that don't cleave. Exactly. So I'm a little bit more. Well, you could say more single target damage, but really it's just sort of a balancing out of the fact that we're losing some of that that AOE or that that cleave. So um, all in all, just a, some tuning. We'll say tuning adjustments to Mistweaver. Um, a lot of people are sort of, I think, a little. A little upset with the nerfs, I'll say, um, like anybody would be. But I think at the end of the day, it's sort of net-net, not a large change. Um, I will say, though, the Mythic Plus community, um, or the folks I talk to that do push Mythic Plus, a little bit upset about the Vivify nerfs, um, just because our single target healing generally will go through that spell. And the nerfs themselves seem to be put in place because of the large amount of spread we have now in raids, which isn't as impactful uh, in five-mans. So... Um, you could probably say we might need a couple of buffs to maybe just the main target healing of Vivify. I think the problem is the way the spell's coded is the cleaves is based off the main heal, so you would have to adjust all the numbers together, which yeah gets complicated and a little weird. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, other than that, Mistweaver, fine, we'll say. They're implementing more talents. I think the only big thing remaining is the Avoidance Aura is still busted. Um, unless that's how they want yeah. it to function, and then it's that would be really weird. It doesn't say yeah. avoidance rating. It yeah. is effectively useless if it's for avoidance rating. Because like, even if you get to the old avoidance cap of twenty percent, and you take four percent of twenty percent, it's useless. It's less than the yeah. percent. Not worth the points, yeah, at all. So we'll see. I think that's the last major thing remaining. Um, at least for Mistweaver that, that was that's been missing in terms of implemented spells. So now it should hopefully just all be tuning from here on out. So um but yeah, I don't I, I didn't see anything for Brewmaster this week. I didn't oh no, quiet week for you guys. So quiet week. Our uh, our chart passions and related stuff is still broken in faded raids. Uh nice. I talked about it last week. Don't run it in Castle Nathria, it does 70% less damage than it should. Same with Bone Dust Brew. <laughs> Uh, specifically the talent bone dust brew. I think the covenant ability is actually fine. Uh, gotcha. So if you're going back to Castle Nathria, play something besides those. <laughs> Other than that, go nuts, pretty much. Like they do like forty percent less than they should in in Sanctum, but it's just like not worth trying to play something else because none of the bosses there are particularly nice for uh, invoke news out shenanigans. Yeah, so you just deal with it. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Love broken abilities. Um, well, cool. Um, I think that's it for the week in review. Unless there's anything else. If not, we are on time in terms of where I wanted to be to talk hey. about retrospectives. So like we said last week, we're going through all three kind of raid tiers uh, with in general as to get some perspective now that we're at the end. And uh, that, of course, puts us is talking about patch 9.0.x stuff this week. The opening, the opening. The um, opening. Yeah, so I so I, I sort of went back and started collecting some of the notes on this. And I, didn't, I, I forgot about a lot of stuff from way back when. It's 
it's funny. It, it has only been two years, but it feels like it's been a lifetime since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I think maybe I'll set the stage on a couple different systems because I think it, there's a couple things that, that launched that I think were are always fun. So um, so yeah, so we talked, I think when I was putting this together, like the big thing maybe we'll sit on is like covenants to start with. Um, and the idea of like covenants back then, like were very much locked in, right? Like you, you picked your covenant, you started your renowned grind, you started your, you know, con- or conduit grind, soul binds, all that fun stuff of, of getting that all sort of leveled up, um, doing like the weekly campaign additions. Cause like the campaign wasn't all available at the start. So each week you had a, you know, more of your campaign to do, which I think was cool. Um, I think the problem, and I had, I had a hundred percent forgotten about this. You could change, you could change covenants in the opening patches. Um, it just took a week (laughs) or two. You you got your first time change to a covenant for free, like air quotes, um, that you could just swap, which I did. I started as night Fae, um, and then swapped to Kyrian in order to do windwalker PVP. Um, which is another thing that is, I, I think is actually not on the notes, but we should probably mention gearing was busted. I guess we'll talk oh, about yeah. Valor, but gearing yeah. was busted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I swapped to Kyrian and I didn't have to do the quests, but it also meant that I was absolutely never going back to uh, Night Fae until they changed it in later patches because there's no way that I'm doing that again. <laughs> doing that yeah that two weeks you had to do like you had two weeklies to do and the first one you could do immediately when you tried to swap and the right. second one you had to do the following week so it took you at least one reset and then you could swap exactly exactly yeah it was uh it was a it was terrible i mean i think at that point i had i had chosen on my misweaver uh kirian to start with so that would that would have been this like for me that was the safest play and yeah I did not change from Kyrian until the Venthyr patch until like the the Venthyr patch right the Fallen Order patch so right um yeah no it was a uh, covenants were just it was I don't know it was you were so locked in it was so difficult to make a change um and I feel bad for people who like quote unquote picked wrong right yeah. like luckily I think for at least for Missweaver and I don't know about for brews and windwalkers, but I felt like the initial like recommendations sort of aligned, right. With like what was good. Um, Brewmaster, like I think so brewmaster's initial recommendation was basically don't play Venthyr. You can gotcha. make a judge like a, uh, an argument for anything else. Just don't play Venthyr. Mm. Um, and night Fae was behind. Like it, it was worse in terms of damage. Uh, but it, it has other upsides that it always had. It, basically, that you get to play Nia because Nia's Soulbind Tree is just insane. Yeah. Uh, and the other Covenants hadn't gotten some of their really insane Soulbind powers yet. There was no uh, Kevin's Oozling yet. Mm-hmm. You know, none of the MNE like Fleshcraft does damage kind of stuff yet. Right. There was not the CDR Capstone. Um, for weapons of order on Mechanicos. Uh, I don't even know what the Venthyr Soulbinds do, to be totally frank. There was no, <laughs> like, you didn't get the T from um, Theotar. Theotar. Like, all yeah. of these, like, things that are, like, Soulbind-defining, Covenant-defining things now just didn't exist. 
Right. Um, yeah. Like the, the one soul bind that was actually like stand out really, really good was Nia. So like mm-hmm. that was that was like half the reason to play Night Fae right there. Um, also aesthetics. Yeah. Um, and like I, I probably would have stayed Night Fae if I didn't need to like push rating and PvP to a decent point. And like playing Night Fae, like the Night Fae line stump is extremely bad in pvp <laughs> extremely bad you know how hard it is to stay in your fey line in pvp oh yeah can imagine like, you, you can't people just walk away yeah. people just walk out of it yeah like and windwalker's strength is that they can chase people really well or one of their strengths is they can chase people really well and you can't really get away from them very easily but if you're right. trying to sit in your fey line like you're completely undercut that gotcha gotcha yeah yeah so i mean yeah, like for for Mistweaver at least, like our our main recommendations were always going to be Windwalker or probably Necrolord. Um, we weren't super high you mean on Kyrian. Oh yeah, sorry, Kyrian. You said Windwalker. Yeah, sorry, I was not paying. Yeah, so Kyrian and, and Necrolord. Um, Bayline Stomp, while nice, like was I think at the time was just too much mana to to support. Like hitting it every thirty seconds along with everything else we did. Yeah, and Venthyr was just. I think the. To be completely, if I go back, I wonder if Venthyr would have been okay um, at that point in time. Because they you remember didn't... how buggy it was? Well, that's the problem. Like, nobody tested it because it never worked. Like, yeah. I specifically okay. leveled on beta to be a Venthyr to test it, like, as a part of, like, the thing. And, like, I got to max level and it just, like, random yeah. things would come out. Like, because I don't think they ever changed the spell power coefficients of that, right? They, they eventually changed they the did. spawning. Did they? they? Did. Yeah, because like initially buff? it was like crazy spell. I remember initially it looked like Brewmaster would be Venthyr because the spell power co- or ability power, yeah, you know, attack power coefficients on the Windwalker and Brewmaster ones were just insane. Um, gotcha. And gotcha. so it was just like by far the highest damage covenant ability, just like hugely ahead of anything else. Uh-huh. And then they like nuked it from orbit, you know. And so we, you know, it has been wrong for the entire expansion to play venthyr later patches it was less wrong you know gotcha you you were at least not hard trolling to play venthyr after like they made some changes to give it an absorb shield and later patches and things like that that made it actually quite a bit better gotcha yeah i couldn't i just couldn't remember if they uh if um if they had yeah if they'd made any sort of late like changes at least to the power of it because it, it might have been usable opening patch for misweavers if we had done any real testing with it keep in mind at that point it was still a three minute cooldown no cooldown reduction. Yeah. yeah well even I mean, even as a three minute cooldown really? today okay. like it's not it's not a bad three minute cooldown right okay. like it's all right it's, a, it's an overpowered ridiculous at one minute but it's okay. not terrible or unusable at three right all right fair um, enough fair enough so but in any event, I'm not super familiar with the numbers on it. It's just it's like you can ignore you can ignore everybody for whatever 24 seconds when it's up, yeah. or whatever it ends up being. So, um, but in any event, um, yeah. So I think you know from a misweaver recommendation perspective, we had nailed down Necro and Kyrian. I think that was probably correct. Oh, at the end it, of the day, another thing to keep in mind at release, and this actually got changed during this patch cycle, I think. But at release, Fleshcraft was awful. Yeah, nine. I have that in the notes. So at nine point zero point five, they buffed it. Yeah, um, they buffed it a lot. Like yeah. the flashback we have now, that's actually very good, and I, like genuinely will not miss having. Uh, like I've been mm-hmm. playing 
I've been playing Necrolord for the uh, pre-patch. And it's really nice. Like, Fleshcraft is really good. Um, but going back to, like, 9.0, Fleshcraft was ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The, what was it? The healing was lower. There was no damage reduction attached to it. You had to channel for longer. Um, and you and to increase the power, you had to be by bodies. Like, right? Was right. That oh, right. You had to be next to dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. To get the full power of Fleshcraft. Yeah. Which you can obviously do if you're, like, out in the world. But, of course, like... Good, good luck doing that in raid. Yeah, or any sort of yeah, real content. So yeah, I mean covenants were yeah, it was it was they were just a very restrictive system. And like you didn't you just picked the one you picked basically I think for most people you picked one and you stuck to it because swapping was so annoying. And like and the other thing too is you ended up being so much further behind your renown gain. Um, because like almost yeah. all of your renown came from like either there was no catch up, right? So it was all like dailies or weeklies for the most part. You had your two weekly quests. You had your renown or your um, the animal one, anima quest to get a thousand anima. This is, of course, also pre all of the anima drop rate buffs. Yeah, it was, it was uh, tough. And work. <laughs> and the one for rescuing souls from the maw, which I understand looking back why it increased the number of souls you had to get every time. Yeah. But I still hate it because I don't care about those souls at all. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Those souls, for for those that haven't had to care about it in a while, those souls that you brought back were used for your Covenant Sanctum upgrades. Up. So, like, by ramping it up over time, it was giving you easier access to the upgrades. The problem being, that also meant that the quest took longer because you had to actually rescue more. They didn't just bump the reward. So it went from, like, the first five, one is five like five ten. yeah and it went like five and then 10 and then 15 and then 20 and so like after the first like once you hit 20 you're literally spending four times as long on this quest yeah and like sure i guess you probably have better gear at that point but four times as long on this quest and uh at this point you could not rescue souls from the maw in torghast even yeah. though you rescued souls from the maw in torghast that was a very uh very annoying like dissonance like over like yeah design. yeah didn't cover it yeah so no so yeah definitely i mean we, i guess we can transition a little bit talk about the mall a little bit um but yeah no that was that was an annoying part of like the the whole renown gain is that as you swapped covenants you just ended up being behind from like a progression point in that right. respect too um because they they hadn't added any of the at this point renown at the end of dungeons wasn't a thing renown for boss kills or World boss kills wasn't a thing, so um, you yeah. basically just got it from those like quests and things like that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, yeah. So that's co- that's covenants. I guess the other thing around covenants before we leave them is conduit energy was a thing, uh, and I had for I so this is one of those systems that like personally never interacted with it because like I set yeah. up my character, I didn't change my conduits between Mythic Plus and Raid. So like from a PVE perspective. I never changed. And even from yeah. a PVP perspective, also didn't change my, you know, yeah. the limited PVP I did didn't make me change my conduit. So like for me, never interacted with this, but I know this was like a huge issue to some players who like would swap conduits for like different activities and things like yeah. that. So anybody that like had different AOE from single target conduits and where they were actually very impactful, mm-hmm. you got hit by this. Or if you were swapping specs, 
that was the other one um and a lot of the times like 9.0 was the patch where like 90 percent of dps were night fey mm -hmm. and there really was not a second soul binds that you could use like you played nia and you liked it yeah. um unless you could do something like if you could keep the karain damage buff up then you would play karain but that was a very niche scenario right like you're not mm -hmm. having that happen on most fights um so really you needed to put your soul pines back into nia because it was the or your condos back into nia because it was the only good one um yeah and this is of course also they nerfed over the course of the expansion before they removed conduit energy they nerfed the amount of time it takes to get back conduit energy gotcha. um and i don't remember what the cooldown was here like six hours per energy a day it was long it was, it was i think it was like long day actually i really want to say yeah. it was like yeah it was a ridiculous amount and you had 10 of them but like you if you swap to do pvp versus pv stuff like you, you were swapping three out yeah yeah you'd use yeah, was, a third of your stuff in one go yeah so huge huge thank you that that's gone i mean not that it affected me at all but i think for players it did affect it, it was one of those things where if you did yeah. you either never interacted with it you never thought about it it didn't matter or it punished you so hard that it like made the game in your case like in your specific case probably slightly unplayable right yeah like uh, i i ran into this because i was doing windwalker pvp and mm -hmm. that meant that i wanted to put windwalker conduits in and so that meant that i did not want to be using you know i i was spending three conduit energy to do windwalker pvp and then having to swap back for raid and i hit the cap like once and had to do some raid with windwalker conduits yeah and that just is like oh it feels man. bad yeah it's so bad yeah but yeah conduit energy glad that is gone um well, cool. I, I guess next thing I wanted to sort of just do a bit of a retrospective on was like Torghast or the mall. Or So I don't know which one. Maybe I'll let you pick which which direction we head. Is Let's go Torghast first. Because Torghast is going to, I think, set the stage for everything else. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you remember the Torghast nerfs? Uh, the ones that went live right at this point, right? Because they didn't, did they nerf it in at launch, right? So like expansion goes sure? live you know, like end of November, uh, beginning of December timeframe. Mm -hmm. And then we have like a week at cap and they just like crush Torghast. And it goes from being something that was actually like hard. It wasn't super fun. Like, let's be honest. It was kind of tedious. Um, but it at least could like kill you pretty reliably um there were real real gear checks in Torghast. i think that was actually the bigger thing there were real gear checks that if you were not a raider you could not meet those gear checks yep uh and they just crushed it just absolutely crushed it um and like i remember very distinctly being very frustrated with Torghast because i had one that i had to wait for a soft reset to get a different boss to spawn uh in order to do a higher layer because the layer I was doing had an uninterruptible caster boss. <laughs> and that was actually one of the other changes. They made it so you could you could interrupt the bosses at the end of the 
edge of the wings, right? Like, it, yeah. it, if I remember right, originally you couldn't kick them. And uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe they just cast faster. I don't know. Um, I, anyway, I could not kick it enough. And so, like, as Windwalker, I would just die to it. But as Brewmaster, I could just, like, spend three minutes dying to it. Yeah. It was not pleasant. Yeah, I will say that, so my, Torghast was difficult. I did almost exclusively my Torghast in in some sort of group. So some sort of, like, duo or trio yeah. type yeah. group. And, uh, and the only saving grace of all this is that if I got corrosive dosage, we, we won. <laughs> like, right. like that was, yeah. that was the way that, that the runs would go is like, if, if, if I was able to, to pick up corrosive dosage early enough, like we yeah. would win the, we would win the, like win the Torghast run or whatever. Right. And so it's funny, I'm reading the notes now, and this is to the, the patch, the 9.0.5 patch um, one, but it's, so I don't think it includes these sort of buffs, but there are, there are literally zero changes to monk anima powers in the patch yeah. notes yeah monk was like if you if you wanted to complete i feel like the hierarchy levels like you wanted a monk and you wanted that monk to get corrosive dosage and then like yeah. it was a and breezed this is like so the other thing about torgas like we mentioned that the the weekly didn't count you could rescue yep. all the souls you wanted in torgas they did not count for the weekly um but you also you had to do two torgas runs one in each wing yep uh, and that's actually the one that they ran into issues with was the fire wing. It was like that. Oh, yeah. 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 The casters. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, and, I have a fire story too. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and the. Try to, and you had a limited quantity of soul ash. Like that was the soul ash that you got. Um, so you really needed to actually get both done in order to get your legendary for raid. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think, like touching on the legendary system just a little bit, I don't think Blizzard really planned for people to max out legendaries as soon as possible. But then the entire raiding community kind of in unison said, we must max out legendaries as soon as possible. Right. And uh, yeah, shenanigans ensued. Yeah, and that's I think that's the... That was the... I think we talk, we've talked about Torghast a lot, and that that's still my issue with it, is that they put a thing that you needed from a progression perspective behind yeah. it. So it yeah. could never it could never be difficult. Like it would you always had to make it just difficult enough that it, you couldn't just walk in. Well, eventually this made it so you can walk in there and do whatever you wanted. But like the idea is like this initial one, it was too hard because of the and it was too hard for the requirement that it like sort of gated, right? Like you needed right. to do Torghast to get Soul Ash to then get legendaries to get more powerful. And so like right. that construct just it they would always have to make Torghast easy enough that like Yeah. Like not um, a casual is such a and, bad word, but like lower tier players could still complete it and like get what they needed, right? It wasn't like you could do lower difficulties and get more Soul Ash. There was you had to do the highest one in order to get the Soul Ash for the week. You could yeah. you could get less for doing the other ones. But you couldn't get less for running the other ones multiple times. Yeah. The rewards completely dried up after the first run. Um, which of course also like oh, yeah, you, the you disparity. Yeah, the disparity in difficulty uh between different classes, where like monk is actually one of the best. Monk is yeah, one of the lucky. best. 
Uh, Paladin is extremely good if one note, like you pick the Hammer of Wrath powers and you just press Hammer of Wrath over and over again until things die. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at something else like Rogue. You're, like another thing about Torghast, all those powers that exist now that like gives you just general self sustain, like self healing and things like that, didn't exist. Not yeah. So you have like, this entire game mode where you're not allowed to sneak past the whole thing. You just have to tank it where the auto attacks are like very relevant and scary and rogue. Like the rogues just can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And coupled with rogues just having very medium powers overall. Uh, they actually got some changes to theirs, but like warriors are in the same boat. Uh, like very little self-sustain, very penalizing to just sit and eat all the time. Yep. And also no powers to fix the self-sustain. It just takes forever, right? Yeah. They never they never went live with like the terror group coming out and killing you, right? Or, oh, they did. That was here. Oh, that was that was live too. Okay, I forgot about yeah, because that, that's if you was yeah. it, if you died too many times or if you took too long, there was like a basically an unkillable boss that would spawn and just chase you yeah. down. I think it was um, deaths. There's a death limit. Yeah, they, yeah, a death limit, that's right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I had I had forgotten about I, that. so yeah i did i did a ton of tour guys on beta but oh. yeah that was fun part uh if you hit the death limit and got kicked out by the terror guru on the first floor it would not actually reset and give you a different floor it would give you the same floor again oh really that's where i ended up waiting for that soft reset where i was trying to do this was like the third week or something it was like before we were really really geared from raid and well not keys because keys gave shit from here uh but sure. from raid uh and uh, just like trying to do the highest level for Solash, we're like the one before, and it was the fire one. It's always the fire one. The fire one is absolutely the worst. Yeah. Uh, just like, yeah. That was yeah. just the whole thing is just a big bundle of unpleasantness. Yeah, no, it was, it was not a fun experience. And, and yeah, we'll talk about it probably in the next couple of weeks if it got any better, but the opening of Torghast, not for me. It just did not hit right. Smaller, um, it, it did get better, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so next up was was the mall, I guess, in tandem with Torgas. And I called this one in the notes Daily Hell, but like the mall was I I I to this day, it is the least fun zone I've ever had to interact with at Blizzard. Like uh, within WoW, sorry. Um it's just if you don't remember the original opening, like you had essentially you had like daily quests you could do in the mall, and then there was like rares and things like that. And you need this yeah. you needed this currency called Stygia. Stygia allowed you to buy things that let you unlock more areas of the mall to get right. more dailies and, and things like that. And, and at the end of it, it gave you the ability to randomly roll for conduits. Yeah. And to get sockets. Yeah. Just so um and so the problem is, is the longer you stayed in the mall, I mean, the more you did, the eye of the jailer would become more and more powerful. And eventually you like would take just unavoidable ticking damage while you were there. Like you'd essentially die if you stayed in the mall any longer. Right. And when um, you died, you lost your soul ash. Yeah, or Stygia. Or Stygia, Stygia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and you, so that's, just think about that. It was terrible, just awful. Like you had, a, you essentially had a, a limit to what you could do in the zone, like a actual limit that stopped you from staying in there. Anything you did in the zone essentially reduced the amount of time you could spend in the zone. And then you couldn't mount. Yes. 
And yes. so you're running around and the zone isn't small. It's like big. It's, it's, it's really big. It's it's for on foot at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would argue even on a mount, it is a it is a sizable zone. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I I absolutely like so I'm I'm the type of player we've talked about this. I like when bars go up. I will do my dailies all the time. I hated doing them all to the point where like I was just like, do my dailies and get out spent. Don't kill rares. I don't care about rares or any of this other stuff. Like, yeah. Kill do my dailies and get out. Yeah, like, we're I so- can't. There were so many mistakes with it. Like the the whole model of the Maw is only going to appeal to a very specific kind of person. It is yeah. the kind of person that is both like, to borrow a magic term, spiky, like the kind of person that cares about optimizing the margins. Mm-hmm. And that same person has to also like reputation guides. Yep. And that person has to be okay with losing their stuff. Yeah. I sucked. I I will I will propose that no such player has ever existed. <laughs> no. Um because we actually like we have a guy in our in our guild that two of those three things do apply. Like they care very like they will optimize the margins, they will grind anything. Right. Like, they were one of the highest uh, heart of Azeroth levels in the world. Like they will grind anything. Um <laughs> And they had a day where they got stuck in some geometry. Oh and no! Died and lost their stygia that they had been saving up because they were about to hit exalted. Uh huh. And they emailed support because they got they literally couldn't like moms just kept spawning on them. They were stuck in combat. They couldn't hearth out, and they just died. There was nothing they could do. Um. And so they contacted support and support was like, yeah, that's how the zone works. Earn some more. Which brings, I think, us to the, like, in my opinion, one of the, like, greatest mistakes they made with the Maw. Stygia drop rates were anemic. They were so low. Like, if you, you lost could, half, right, when you died or something? I think it started as all. Oh, yeah, and maybe. And change it to half. I don't remember. Maybe I'm just making stuff up. Um, yeah. But it was bad. Like, for comparison dark souls is the like main one that people like point to is like when you it it popularized the pattern of like losing everything that you're carrying when you die or all the all the souls that you're carrying when you die Mm -hmm. um in dark souls like you you have to get to like i don't know higher than any level i've ever gotten to in order to reach the point that it takes more than like five or six mobs to get you a level yeah uh you you would have like it was grinding for a week to get a single conduit so ridiculous until you got to the end and then you could do it in like a day at the end when you had everything unlocked you could do it in like a day but there's a far cry from spending like max amount of time in the maw that you can before it kicks you out versus five mobs you know i can go back to a bonfire and just level up and not lose anything if i wanted oh yeah and i can actually from there just like reset and continue grinding those same five mobs if i feel like i'm like just gonna you know take the pokemon approach and grind my eyeballs out until i overpower everything yeah yeah no it's yeah it's it's not only that too but like it was so dangerous to be in there that like dying was an eventuality so it was like you didn't 
losing it sucked. And I think the other thing too is like when you died, you didn't ghost back to your body. You just respawned at a essentially a graveyard. And so you yeah. had to run back to your body in the real world and then hope you didn't die again. Because if you died a second time, then all the studio you would have had been able to re-loot. At least we didn't right. talk about that. If you died, you yeah. could loot your body again and get the studio back. But if I'm you, actually, I'm going to see if I can figure this out now. If you died a second time on the run back to your body, that it was gone. First body despawns, yeah. second body's on the map. Yeah, it's just a, and I did this all, so I'm an idiot, but I also did this all on war mode because I wanted the additional oh, rep. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, like I, I wanted the rep from this thing. So yeah, it was just, the dailies were unfun. They were spread out. You had to walk everywhere. Like it just, I like, I was just in general, like the mall is probably one of the least fun zones. I think we've, we've ever had ever. Yeah. It, it was unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, there's a different reason I dislike Corthia, which we'll talk about next week, but like this one was just unfun to be in. Um, so yeah. Um, so a note for people watching the stream, I guess also probably for people listening, my screen yeah. just like my computer just froze, like okay. mouse froze and everything. Uh, so if there are gaps in my audio and or in the stream, that's probably why. <laughs> Man, yeah. So that's the mall. I never do this again, Blizzard. Never give us a zone that actively tries to kill us as we're trying to grind something, and that we can't spend all day in there, and that like it's just yeah, and like. Yeah. Not genuinely like a lot of decisions would have been fine if you could go in and get enough stygia for a conduit in like 15 minutes right yeah a lot of things become way more like losing your stygia is fine when you can just go and get more but when you can't yeah losing your stygia actually means like losing progress really like not just losing time but losing progress now you're actually set behind you can't do anything about it yep yeah that like that is just i cannot believe that they so thoroughly misunderstood yeah uh how that like how the dark souls formula for souls worked yeah so that's i think that's the mall um yeah never do this i just don't Torghast in the mall, leave them in the dust. Don't bring them back. Um, yeah. I think we'll always have zones, like patch zones, but like don't make them like the mall. Like that's just, yeah. yeah. Um, the Mortis wasn't bad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so the final thing before we start talking maybe a little bit about raids and Mythic Plus is um, rune carving. So legendary, the legendary system. Um, that... I think I so here's what I want to say. I don't I think we've talked enough about the actual legendary crafting part of the system that I don't yeah, think I was we touched say, on that we here. A, like let's we let's have just a whole look. episode from back in the yeah. day where like me and Peony from Peak yeah. just fucking ranted about the leather working material costs, the way that they <laughs> doubled or more all of the materials costs for the legendaries, like a week before the rate like before the expansion release. And so, like, we legitimately did not have enough materials. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to be saying this again and again for years. We did not have enough materials on our realm to make legendaries. It was not a, like, matter of gold. There physically were not enough 
like items on the realm yeah to make legendaries so yeah it, other than that like there are a bunch of edge cases that are quirks to the system like we talked about the soul ash stuff um, yeah obviously they were super expensive and hard to get yeah there was also that getting the actual recipes for them was actually um causing some degenerate behavior in heroic dungeons in particular where people most of them dropped off of the final boss of the dungeon but a few of them dropped off the second or third boss and so what people would do is they would queue into heroic they would go they would kill a couple of bosses fail to get their recipe and leave the dungeon and i think the one that was worse for this was plaguefall because that one had people on the second and third bosses that were looking for a a legendary recipe right and um if for those that don't know after if you leave after you kill a boss in a dungeon uh there's no lever penalty there's no deserter penalty um so they would just queue up again so you would get these people that were just trying to do or just trying to do their like random dungeons and like four people would leave after the second boss oh yeah yeah well, and then you also had, so you had that, which was definitely some degenerate behavior. And then like for, for certain classes, some of their best legendaries came from the raid and came from like sludge fist or later type bosses, right. which although those were guaranteed ones and you could get them on normal. Right. But it still required you to wait and see if you got it. Like, oh, I guess, yeah, to, to make sure like to basically game. clear the raid before you did it. So you did yeah. essentially your first handful of raid boss fights without a legendary. Yeah. while you waited for that to drop the um, the worst one actually elemental shamans legendary dropped from a world boss, world boss. Yeah, and it awesome. wasn't any world boss it was one specific world boss that happened to be the last one in the rotation yeah. so they could not get their legendary for a month after everybody else could yeah which is a just a month like I get, I get making them drop in the world. I'm fine with that, but I think Blizzard needed to think a little bit about the fact that, like, not like, it's also coupled with the fact that the system, like, getting, like, crafting them was difficult enough, and then also getting the pattern. So you basically had people to that point, like, not doing, like, not interacting with the system until they got the perfect legendary, right? Right. And the other thing too is like Blizzard was still doing tuning at this point, as you think about it. So in some yeah. cases, people might have had all the materials ready, had the pattern ready, but wanted to wait until the absolute last moment to craft just in case blizzard changed something right yeah um, and there was also that the prices were insane on these things and so you could benefit from maybe not even crafting it until you absolutely needed it in the hopes that you know the influx of new materials would keep the cost down yeah yeah exactly exactly so i mean I, at the end of the day i think the like legendary's cool affixes cool like cool sort of just power increases i generally don't like legendaries like this um just because it it number it does a couple things number one the actual system itself was difficult to interact with gaining the materials like finding the finding the pattern things like that but also it just it deletes a set of uh, a piece of gear from your list of things you want so like legendaries now occupy a slot that you'll never replace no matter what right yeah um which to me is like it sucks because like i never cared about bracers the entire expansion i never looted leather bracers because leather bracers were a legendary that was never going to unequip so like if for me it's like 
now that I might need leather bracers, or if I change specs, I'm like, shoot, like now I need Windwalker. Like, I definitely did that. I went, I went and swapped (laughs) specs and was like, oh, yeah, I literally don't have another, you know, belt or shoulders or gloves or whatever it was. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, I find it annoying. It's the same reason I like generally dislike like the, like the heart of Azeroth and Azerite armor. Like they just locked slots and, um, at least Even like the like, Azerite armor, like it dropped from bosses, right? It yeah. was actually a piece that you had to like acquire and optimize around versus legendaries being something you just bought on the auction house and they were fixed, yeah. right? You you could get your legendary in one of two slots. Exactly. So you weren't like actually trying to optimize um, like with a regular piece of crafting gear where you can put it in any slot. There was no real thought about like which slot do I put it in? It's like, oh, well... This can go on bracers or it can go on chest and chest gives me more stats and I get to pick my stats. So it's always yeah. going to have perfect stats. So I'm going to just put it on the chest. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So, um, but no, it was, uh, yeah, legendaries. Ugh. Not, I mean, there were cool powers. It's just the things around them, I think were, were annoying. So the so. thing that I really liked about the legendary system it's twofold. One, I the thing that I like about the Legion legendary system is that you had a bunch of different legendaries that you could swap between. And then you had like this, you know, library of different powers you could put on for different situations, and that let you do some fun things. Mm-hmm. Um they broke that because you couldn't actually have a bunch of different legendaries for different situations because you couldn't craft them because you couldn't get enough soul ash and probably not enough gold either, unless you were doing sales. Right. Which is something we'll get to probably in two weeks. Um and then the, but then like the thing this had that was better than the Legion one is that it was deterministic. You could always get the one that you wanted. Yeah. Um, but I honestly feel like the thing that I really liked about the legendary system, like having powers you could sw- switch between for different systems, has just been entirely replaced by the new talent system. Where like before the old talent system, you really didn't have talents that you swapped around very much. You just didn't. There's like yeah. a couple that Brewmaster had that you could swap around. But for the most part, you just played your same six talents for the entire expansion for every boss, every every dungeon, everything. Um, there's a lot more like I'm I'm swapping stuff around from like fight to fight right now in, in yeah. my talent build. And that scratches that itch from legendaries. So I am honestly not really disappointed to see them gone because um, I think talents just do it but with a lot less frustration exactly Uh, it is interesting to compare legendaries to the crafted gear that we're getting in dragonflight yeah um because they actually have some like proc stuff on the crafted gear that's very good Mm -hmm. they're not anywhere near like a good legendary is so much better than what these crafted pieces provide um, but there's also some other things like I mentioned that they increase the crafting costs, the materials costs of all these legendaries. They uh, cost just an infinite amount of materials to reach rank four, just a huge, ridiculous amount of materials. Uh, the uh, crafted gear in Dragonflight is kind of res- a response to that, it uses more um, bind on pickup materials instead. So it limits them instead of it being like you have to acquire a hundred thousand leather, you yeah. know. It's more of like you have to get this bind on pickup material from the raid or mm-hmm. from Mythic Plus or from PvP. Right. So it's a little bit more like it's going to be accessible 
without as much of a gold investment. I hope that's, I think the goal. Um, Let's hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we haven't even touched on the raid yet. Raid mythic plus and mythic plus. Well, maybe we talk maybe quickly about Mythic Plus and then we can yeah, go into the Mythic Plus. Especially since like season four, we've Castle Nathry is fairly fresh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the affix in season one was was prideful for, for Mythic Plus, which if you don't remember, it was every 20% of the trash that you killed, a mob would spawn that you would have to kill. It did a handful, like it did, the main ability it did was it put a, 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 um, a dot on every player. Or was it every player? Or was it just one? I forget. There, there was the ticking damage to the whole group. Group. It was like and every then, three then or four seconds. There was one person every like five or ten seconds or whatever it was that would get the would four shoot. shooty things on them. Yeah. Yeah. And so every twenty percent, this mob would spawn, and you'd kill it, and then you'd get a damage and healing bonus. Um, and I think you got a mana restore also. Maybe not. It's definitely damage. You, you did healing. get a mana restore. Yeah. Okay. And a mana. They also restore. nerfed nerfed food in dungeons. Or in general, but they nerf food yeah. at this point. Yeah, from the the drinking piece. So yeah, so no, um, you got all of that by killing this. It was a, it was a nice routing type. You know, you'd route, you'd build your route around spawning these pridefuls, typically right before bosses. So you had the damage right. and healing increase going into the boss. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it reminded me a lot of the the one affix from BFA that would respawn all the trash every twenty percent. Except yeah, with this one, it gave you. Yeah, yeah, one zombies, yeah. Except with this one, they gave you a damage bonus with it. So the thing that I think paradoxically, everybody was asking for kiss curse affixes. So they gave you the bonus here of a huge damage buff. Yeah. And what that meant is you had keys that were not doable unless you had the prideful affix on a certain boss. Or yeah. in the case of the other side, multiple bosses. And um that just meant that if you wiped on the boss, the key was dead. Right, exactly. Whereas like with the Bwonsomni one, you know, if you wiped, it's whatever, because you didn't get anything from the Bwonsomni thing. Like you just had to live it. Right. Like, And it, it was genuinely like just fun doing the mass AOE of all the souls coming at you. Like that was just kind of neat. Like Prideful actually was good in a lot of ways, but they needed to like, there's so many things that they could have done. It would help would have helped one thing would have just been nerfing the bosses so you didn't need the prideful to do them yep, yep. Um, at least at like a 15 key level you really i mean at 15 you really didn't need it anyway by the time people were geared but early in the season it was extremely helpful mm-hmm. um but also they could have done things like you know it leaves a body behind that you know if you die you can go and you can click the body to get your buff back yeah kind of thing like there's a bunch of stuff they could have done that didn't that would have smoothed out a lot of the rough edges that i think having done the subsequent seasonal fixes from shadowlands um i actually think prideful is not the worst uh it is the second worst okay we well, yeah, want to talk about that yeah yeah about then, where we'd rock the amp fixes at the end of this um, but yeah, that was probably, I mean, for, for, for me, it was, the boss thing was one part of it, but it was also like, does your, do you have enough DPS to kill it before as a healer? I run out of cooldowns to keep the group alive. Yeah. <laughs> right? That was um, the other thing. The damage, yeah. the damage ramp could be. It, uh, it, 
it ate up your cooldowns, your single target cooldowns that you were trying to use on a boss. Yeah. And then like, yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, uh, it was, it was a, it was an okay affix. I'll say, but yeah, we should, we should rank them at the end here. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then I guess for the last probably 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, we'll talk a little bit about the raid. Um, so Nathria was the raid. So we've, we've had faded, which is interesting. Like we, this is an interesting sort of way to do this because we, we have these bosses fresh in our mind. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so Nathria is a raid. Um, really, if I remember back then, like the opening part of it, um, the only, the biggest thing that I remember from the raid is it contained a lot of push timings, right? A lot of. It contains some, but not as bad as Sanctum. Which is like gotcha. very hindsight is 2020. Like we didn't yeah. know how good we had it kind of thing. That's true. I feel like if I remember the time, there was like a couple bosses where like you had to push at a specific point. Yeah. There was Council of Blood, yeah, uh, Council Thos, Zymox, and Stone Legion Generals, which is, you know, almost half of the raid, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That all had that. Yeah, which was uh yeah, which was just somewhat annoying. Um I think boss wise, I think the biggest sort of anecdotal thing just from the opening week that I remember is they screwed up scaling in heroic, uh, the yeah. opening week. Yeah. So Houndmaster, which was the second boss that we killed, um, was doing the mythic levels of bleed damage. We're like actually more than that. Cause people, I think at the time yeah. were taking like something like 25 or 30 K a tick. Yeah. And so like we event, we killed it that night, but we wiped to it a while. And like, yeah. We just were, I was like, yeah. this is way too much damage. Like we, I think we six healed that fight for our first kill. Yeah. That, <laughs> which is that like, I remember that I remember yeah. the, I remember like weekend gang, uh, we did not have to deal with it because it got hot fixed on, on like Thursday. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that was the, so there are two other points. Like, okay. I'm going to just like real quick, uh, yeah. castle Nathria was the best way of the expansion. Sire Denathrius was the best raid boss of the expansion. And Sludge Fist is way up there. I think, like, I think yeah. I think, like, I think it, I would say that I, I agree with all those points. I best yeah. raid, I'm trying to think. Like It can't be, it can't be Sepulcher. It's not Sepulcher. There's true. a 0% chance that it's Sepulchre. And it can't um, be Sanctum either, because I don't think I don't think Painsmith and Sylvanas save Sanctum from or sorry, save Sepulchre. Or sorry, save yeah, save Sanctum, save Sanctum enough to from, make it better than Nathria. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I'm on I'm I'm there with you. Nathria, best rate of the expansion for sure. Yeah. And Denath I mean Denathria, of course, like best probably top five boss fights ever in WoW. Like yeah. Sire is 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 hands down the yeah one of the best it's fights still ever. fun to do in faded too like you get a oh, very yeah. it's not you know the damage check in phase three is not there so it's not the same but it's actually a fairly good rendition of what the boss fight was like and it's still fun to do um so you know hey it's got that going for it 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 holds up well it's not just nostalgia i had fun doing it on friday yeah yeah no i i to, to this like when we went back and killed sire for a couple of faded kills that we needed um it still it holds up as as just a fun boss fight. I mean it 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 ticks the major thing that any great boss fight needs is you fall through a floor, um, yeah. or go or, or change <laughs> levels, which I still think is like anytime Blizzard puts that in a boss fight, the boss fight's a banger. Like it's top ten easily and probably top five. Um, but no, I think Sire and so the funny thing is, is Sire overcomes Sludge or sorry overcomes SLG, which I would say SLG is yeah 
Yeah, SLG is bad. The I don't know. I don't know if I'd say. I'm trying to think. It's to me, it's probably the worst fight I've ever progressed on. Like not ever, but it's the worst fight this expansion to progress on. I'd say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not. It wasn't fun on farm either. Um, that's it true. is yeah. actually really. I it is very acceptable on faded because you can just kill the boss and yeah. not have to do a bunch of the shitty overlaps. And you don't have to care about push timing. You don't have to stop DPS to yeah. push at specific times. You just like, or at least what we do is we just burn each of the bosses to 50% without doing, killing basically anything else. Like we kill the skirmishers just with paths, passive cleave. Right. We actually had to drag the Goliath away from the boss to avoid killing it with passive <laughs> cleave. Nice, um, nice. Because warlocks are, you know, high on soul, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, um then we kill all three goliaths in the intermission and just go into the next phase yeah and the, i think the the problem with the original sludge fist is you couldn't do that with the goliaths because the healing reduction was a hundred like well we don't even hit the healing reduction the the issue was just damage like you yeah. you didn't have enough damage to do that in, yeah uh, because you would the second leap was like lethal that yep. the the things would do so you would have to push before the second one or have the instant bop to save somebody that's why um, i played i played paladin on the fight because yeah. of that actually yeah you, you would run out of bops trying to do that because uh, you you couldn't push before like right now we push before the first leap yeah that's crazy yeah so i mean yeah i mean i guess it's fine now but stone legion generals at the time is just yeah, I think the, the the yeah to me it's also like the like the fight itself the overlaps were awful it was long like and you hit those bugs that just killed everybody that just were like the the yeah. whole wicked blade thing is just also yeah wicked blade was buggy the whole time unfun and and all that type of stuff so yeah it's just a yeah, yeah. I don't know the um so there there are two quick things that I want to hit one of them actually is less of a quick thing. But yeah. we'll, we'll see how much time we have. Uh, but I do want to mention, as a brewmaster, Castle Nathrio is actually super rough early on because of stagger scaling. And this is I'm concerned about Dragonflight for the same reason. Um, basically, stagger percent scales off of your agility. Mm -hmm. um, and at a typical rate tier, going from one tier to the next, your item level goes up by around 20 uh, so you get 20% more powerful, you get 20% more effective HP from your stagger percentage. It all kind of works out. Um, and then the K value stuff from the raid, like tunes it back down and you're fine. Um, mm -hmm. But for the launch tier, it's more like 40 eye levels. And 40 eye levels is a lot. And yes. in fact, because it's exponential, um, that's really more like 50 to 60% additional power from like gear capping from mythic so you're way 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 squishier yeah. uh, at the start of a fresh tier and that's actually like the reason i'm concerned about dragonflight is because of the experience with shadowlands where like stagger percentage unless you like you you had to grind keys basically to get geared for a raid or actually no you had to do pvp which is my other point. Gearing was yeah. broken. Yeah. Uh, so this is, we have not talked about Valor. We have yeah. not talked about 9.0.5 <laughs> at all. We have five minutes left. So I'm going to speed run some of this gear stuff. Um, 
at launch, they had removed, like, they removed Titan Forging, no more corruption, anything. So they dropped less gear on the whole. Dropped less gear just in the whole game. Um, Mythic Plus item level was below Heroic. No Titan Forging meant that you couldn't just spam keys and eventually get stuff that was Mythic level mm-hmm. um, or even Heroic level, which meant that um, keys just weren't very useful. So, uh, in fact, the best way to gear as a raider was to hit 1800 in PvP or 2000, 2k if you could do it. Uh, well, no, sorry. 2k if you could do it, 2.2 or 2.4 if you were like really into it. Yep. Um, so, like, that's why I switched to Kyrian. Like, I hit like 1750 or something playing Night Fae, Night Fae Windwalker. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, Night Fae is just not good. Like, yeah. it's just not. And so I switched to Kyrian and then got to 2k in like a week. Nice. And then you just had to get like you do your weeklies for 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 conquests. You would get your val or your honor, and you would buy PvP gear, and you would wear PvP gear. We actually had uh, one of our healers uh, did RBGs. That was the big thing. Uh, was RBG rating was very inflated, so you would do that because it was easier to hit 2K. One of our healers hit like 2400 or whatever the cutoff was to get like end mythic weapons. Uh huh. So they got a weapon off of Sire Denathrius on our first kill and put it up for trade. Yeah. Because they were they, they didn't need anything. They geared through PvP. Yeah. Um, coupled That's with crazy, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Castle Nathria, and this is actually still true in Faded, Castle Nathria has an insane BOE drop rate compared to other raid tiers this expansion. They never went back and nerfed it because it wasn't relevant at the time. But that also means it's not nerfed and faded, so you get way more BOEs in Castle oh, Nathria yeah. than in the other raids. Um, so the whole like combination meant that like you had your legendary that you had to like pay through the nose to buy off the auction house. BOEs were extremely good for gearing. You could fill like four slots with BOEs, and they were very well statted. Like Brewmasters had two or three best in slot items from the BOE pool, right? And then PvP gear was just like the other like you filled the rest of your slots as much as you could with pvp gear um and if you hit 2k they were better than heroic high level yeah that's yeah i forgot about the that part of the gearing process and that yeah gear was just generally so scarce at, at launch yeah um yeah which impacted it yeah a little bit yeah. like they added an extra item to the mythic drops right like they did it i guess also on heroic Right, like we went from three to four. Okay, I think, I think, I could be wrong. That's just from memory. I didn't look that up. Um, I think that's correct. Um, but I mean, the big thing is in nine point zero point five, they introduced Valor again, and Valor you got it's like one hundred twenty five or one hundred thirty from completing a key. But if somebody gets a score from it, which is the other. Th- like major major thing is io score in the game right uh if you got score from it then you would um get an extra like 70 valor yeah which actually had a you know nice side effect that you would actually have a ton of people just try to do twos and threes and fives just like anything because they they didn't need the gear they had the pieces they wanted they just needed the valor to upgrade them to do the upgrades yeah so you would do twos with new people that would get points for it, and you would collect your 200 Valor, and you'd go on your merry way. 
kind of like a similar vibe to the old Legion carries, but without it being as much of a hard carry, because typically you would have like one person in it, not a whole whole stack kind of like your key, my carry kind of deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about the Valor farming groups, which it's funny, like for me, I think at the time I only needed a handful of pieces on the monk. So like I yeah. got I got really lucky for most of Nathria in the in like just in getting the pieces I needed for that that opening opening yeah. thing. So the, yeah, that's oh, sorry. I remember having the um trinket from uh Hekar in the other mm-hmm. side before Valor, which meant that I couldn't upgrade it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. I think I had to refarm probably I think it was changeling at the time to yeah. actually get it like to be upgradable. But yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I know we're sort of we're at time, but I like that that part of the gearing stuff did suck. I, luckily, they changed it with Valor and things like that. But yeah, all in all, in terms of Nathria, I mean, we didn't talk much about the earlier bosses, but I think the late like the final three go from like Sludgefist being, I think, arguably another the very good boss. boss. Yeah. yeah, SLG to be winning. I'd say it's not. It wasn't a bad fight. It was just a frustrating fight in terms bottom, of like progressing. Bottom three, like late tier boss fights of the expansion i will yeah I would say yeah um and then you had denathus which was just a an absolute yeah yeah i'm telling people like we are progressing slg and it's like it's okay it's okay after this we have denathus and denathus is good yeah right like it's we just got to get through this shitter and then when we get to the good boss yeah exactly exactly yeah no i mean i think Denathrius, like our kill, like our first kill on that boss is still something people reference like two years later. Um, because it was just a bunch of necros, like people were playing yeah. Necrolord proc their Necrolord Soulbind that lets them live for a little bit. We had a shaman who like onked and like screamed as he was, was like, was, Yeah. <laughs> that was our yeah. Denathrius kill. We had a rogue up with a cloak up that yeah. you know, so they were immune to the the magic damage at the end of Sire Denathrius's final phase. Yeah. And then two shaman, elemental shaman, just in their their like I'm whatever it is, uh, uh, it can't oh, yeah. die forms. Yeah, 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 like and, yeah, and just like they got the kill. <laughs> That's awesome! Amazing! Amazing! That's awesome! Yeah, um, but, but no opening opening patch. I guess maybe we'll quickly recap opening patch raids. Amazing systems around it, not as amazing. We'll say. <laughs> You know, after having gone through it, the first patch was kind of awful. Like, it really, you know, at the time, I wasn't as down on it as I am now, I feel like. Like, it really is not surprising at all how poorly Shadowlands went uh, from, like, a, like, population standpoint, um, given how 9.0 was. Like, it was not good. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely one of the not maybe maybe that's hyperbole, but it was not a it was not a good opening set of patches, you know. Yeah, a like, lot of good launch and things like that around it. Legitimately, I think the BFA launch patch was worse, uh, but I don't think that this was that much better. Yeah. Uh, so I think the big lesson from or the big thing that I'm taking away from this is I like everything that we've gone through here almost none of the criticisms apply to dragonflight's launch systems such as they are yeah um so hopefully hopefully the dragonflight launch pass 
patch will actually be really good. Yeah. And we'll see. Uh, we will see. But I think that that is going to bring us to the end of our show today. Uh, thank you all so. for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over on the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. They are talking about F1 again in Brew Lounge, but... Bad race. Oh, was it? For me, at least. It was, it was actually drama-filled, uh, so it was exciting. So, uh, yeah. But there is, of course, all kinds of info there. If you want to catch up on maybe how the Mistweaver nerfs shake out, or changes, I should say, shake out, it's a great place to do it. Uh, but yeah, that is it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.